This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Thursday, July 7th. I'm Matt Hoish. In today's headlines, tell you pride is queer all year. Circus Holus Bullis bursts to life. Telluride bakers turn out for annual pie contest and a mountain weather forecast. But first, Mountain Village lost a member of its community this week. Zachary Willis was found unresponsive in his home in Mountain Village on Wednesday morning. He was 27 years old. According to the San Miguel County Coroner's Office, Willis and his wife moved to the region earlier this summer and quickly fell in love with the area and the community. The cause and manner of death are under investigation. Crippen Funeral Home will attend to services. Willis is survived by his sister and parents and his wife, Laura. Telluride isn't keeping pride to just one month. This weekend kicks off Tell You Pride with a flamboyance of events. KOTO's Julia Caulfield has more. Geneva Shawnette and Megan Honey don't think pride should be reserved for just one month of the year. We're queer all year, not queer just in June. Year. Shauna and Honey are members of a group putting together a number of events this weekend to celebrate Telluride Pride, or Tell You Pride. Here's Honey. Pride, especially for me, is so many people came before us who did so much work so that we could have fun being who we are. And for me, Pride is a, it's a show of respect and it's a show of celebration that all that work was not for nothing, that we are able to do this. We were able to put these events on. We were able to be our full and authentic selves and embrace ourselves with joy in a way that the people who came before us didn't. And it's our responsibility to continuously clear that path out. So the generation behind us, behind us knows that they can authentically embrace themselves with joy and that they deserve to take up space with joy and enthusiasm. They are not just tolerated. They're not just accepted. They are joyously celebrated. The weekend will kick off on Friday night with Divas Live at the Transfer Warehouse. A new supergroup made up of (laughs) Leah Heinrich and Megan Knowles, and they are going to be singing... Uh, pride anthems from Robin to Whitney to Cher and everything in between. Following the Divas, there will be a dance party with DJ Lena Vibes. The night is free and open to all ages. Saturday will feature yoga in the park with donations from the event going to the Rainbow Youth Center. Which is an outreach program that provides resources for um, kids in the Four Quarters region who maybe have um, not been accepted by their families, have lost their housing, just need resources and outlets to not only be who they are, but simply exist day to day. Moving into Saturday night, Tell You Pride is partnering with the Ride Festival for a night of Danielle Ponder. Danielle Ponder is a woman who used to be a public defender, Um, so she has been kind of in the thick of it and knee deep, and she is a wonderful artist. And that show is at 5 to 6.30, and it is free at the Ride Lounge. Sunday brings the party, starting with drag brunch at the Mountain Lodge in Mountain Village. (laughs) 
There's going to be a Pride-inspired menu, uh, drag queens from Durango, including Aria Pettywan and many of her uh, cohort, I guess you could say. Drag will be followed by a pool party. There's going to be a glitter and lash bar sponsored by Telluride Theater and manned by Colleen Thompson, who... Womaned. Womaned. Excuse me, womaned. (laughs) By Colleen Thompson, who is just a boss babe at all things makeup and glitter and fun. Once the weekend is over... Monday, good luck to those of you that have to work. It'll be rough. Pony says she wants to create a space for everyone to show up as their most authentic selves. Pride for me is the best of me. It is the kindness in me. It's vulnerability. It's community. It's perseverance. And that's what I celebrate during Pride. Tell You Pride kicks off on Friday, July 8th and runs through Sunday, July 10th. A full schedule of events is available on Facebook and Instagram at tellyou.pride. It's a Wednesday afternoon and the pressures of show business are mounting. The cast and crew of Circus Holus Bolus, a Telluride Academy production, have just 48 hours until they open. Teresa Brockle is rehearsing a tumbling routine with the young performers in the Telluride Elementary School Gymnasium. Um, well, excited, completely toasted. <laughs> Sally Davis has worked in children's theater for about 40 years. There's so much to do, but we're going to pull it together. I can feel the magic. Uh, the weaving is coming together, and it's going to be beautiful. Davis co-founded Holus Bolus with her sister, Lynn, a few decades ago, though she's not sure which number circus this year's is. Because we used to do it every year for a little while, and then people had babies and things happened. Then we decided to do it every two years, so we think this might be the 20th circus, but we're not sure, and it doesn't really matter. The show, she says, is not Disney and not what you would expect. Everything's handmade. The, sur- the costumes are this great collection that we've been working on for years that are vintage and everything from old parade costumes to handmade things we found. Um, so the whole thing has a look that's quite stunning. And um, really, what we want to do is create something that's so beautiful that everybody just carries it away with them. I love doing something creative with my family. Sally's sister Lynn is in for the week to help once again with this year's circus. It's a beautiful thing. In the end, it's the hardest work in the world, and we all think we're just going to absolutely pass out during production, and then suddenly we have this gorgeous thing at the end. So it's worth it. You go to a circus, and the show is in the air, on the ground. It's three-dimensional, I guess, or, or it has some height to it. So my goal has always been to try to increase the what's happening up higher. Their baby brother, Bruce Davis, has also helped on the circus for years. I always wanted to actually fly some kids, but there's probably some liability issues there. Bart Hopkin is a friend of Sally's and the band leader for the show. Working with the kids, he says, is great. When you get a a kid that has a sort of naive kid voice and it turns out to be just right, you know, like the voice teachers haven't gotten hold of them yet, that's a wonderful thing. There's an intergenerational collaboration that goes into the circus, Sally explains. 
She says that's her favorite part. It's a lot of adults working with a lot of kids. And the kids are doing a lot. I'm Addie Ora, and I um, am cutting someone in half. I'm Cece Coniglio, and I'm going to be a ball walker. I am Lila Goldberg, and I get to shoot someone out of a cannon. I'm Hannah Steinman, and I'm, I'm the dancing bear. Dungeon. I'm going to shoot someone out and of I get to be in a clown I'm Theo Brooks, and I'm a gorilla. I'm Zoe Kamalajan and I'm Gillian Davis, and I get to be Gretchen Rosen, and I'm Lybrand, and I'm Spring D'Angelo, I'm Sylvia, I'm Avery Terrence, and I'm playing Fact Clown. I'm Skylar Herrick, and I'm going to be a dancing clown. I'm Alana Sanchez, and I'm oversized pig that hula hoops. Whether or not these kids realize it, they're joining a big circus chain that has been slowly growing in Telluride over the seasons. But change may be coming. After countless years running the show, Sally isn't sure if this will be her last Polis Bolus. It's just an amazing package, and so we don't, if it is the last one with us, we don't want it to scatter to the four directions. We actually love the idea of it somehow continuing. In the meantime, there's still time to see Circus Holus Bolus 2022. I'll let Gabriel Waldor, one of the returning performers helping with this year's show, give the details. It's on July 8th on Friday at 5.30 p.m. and it's on July 9th on Saturday at 2 p.m. and 5.30 p.m. Tickets at the door and it's at the Telluride Elementary School at the gym with the big top. There really is nothing quite like a good circus. A local tradition continued earlier this week with the Wilkinson Public Library's annual pie baking contest. Although the numbers were smaller than last year, passion, creativity, and community pride were on full display. KOTO's Gavin McGough has more. They say that baking at elevation is no piece of cake. But that didn't deter the small crowd gathered in the Wilkinson Library this past Tuesday evening. July 5th marked the library's annual pie baking contest, and with six stellar entries, the competition was as stiff as a whipped meringue. Oh, that's a beautiful pie. I saw your, you made that? I did, yeah. Oh, you did a great job. Thank you. That's a gorgeous um, pie. So Bobby T. Smith, a professional baker and former bookshop owner here in Telluride, is a longtime contestant judge. Before the contest, she shares her thoughts on the makings of a perfect pie. A pie has to have a delicious crust. It's either going to have be flaky or flavorful or the filling is really important. If it's a fruit pie, it can't just fall apart when you cut it. It's got to have good flavor. It's fun to, to judge all these creative and wonderful pies that people come up with. Many contestants, among them Allison Lenslink, agree that the crust is a make-or-break moment for pie success. Like, you have to have a good crust because anyone, like a filling is not that hard to make. It's just like fruit and sugar. But if you don't have a good crust, then it's not pie. It's like, you know. Judges award prizes for the top three pies. And after the official tasting, the participants help themselves and vote for the much coveted People's Choice Award. People's Choice. 
Kate, a student at the Telluride Elementary School, took home not only the People's Choice, but also the judge's second place award for her super duper chocolate pie. First place went to the contest reigning champion, Gretchen Williams, for a cherry rhubarb pie with an almond streusel top. She attributes her pie baking inspiration to memories of her grandmother, and she workshopped the recipe for crust perfection. Yeah, I made a pie yesterday as a test as well and changed a couple of things today. My boyfriend is really supportive and helps me pay for all the pie groceries. <laughs> I'm super excited I won again. I feel yeah. bad because everyone had great pies. The super duper chocolate pie was my favorite pie for sure. And shout out to the young lady who made it. Good for her. Not everyone went home with an award. But with six pies to taste, every participant's a winner. A plate full of pie? There's no better prize than that. I'm excited to be eating. <laughs> For KOTO, this is Gavin McGough. After a week's long run, Top Gun Maverick is flying out of the Nugget Theater, but... Starting Friday, July 8th, a different sort of maverick is taking to the screen. Boz Lerman's sweeping biopic Elvis follows the rise of the king of rock and roll. Running at just over two and a half hours, Elvis is rated PG-13 and will play nightly at the Nugget Theater at 7 p.m. from Friday, July 8th through Thursday, the 21st. Several films are also on deck to soon show at the Nugget, including Minions' The Rise of Gru... Thor, Love and Thunder, and Nope. Looking to scratch that live music itch? This weekend has you covered. This Friday, catch Ethan Hale at the Telluride Farmer's Market from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., James McMurtry at the Ride Lounge from 5 to 7, Willis Allen Ramsey for Music on the Green at Reflection Plaza from 5 to 7 p.m., Black Pistol Fire at the Sheridan Opera House from 8 to 11 p.m., and Tyler Bryan and the Shakedown at the Moon at O'Banions from 10 p.m. to midnight. Saturday, Sean DeLand is at Heritage Plaza from 1 to 6 p.m. Danielle Ponder is playing the Ride Lounge from 5 to 7 p.m. Archangels is at the Sheridan Opera House from 8 to 11 p.m. And Big Something is on stage at the Moon at O'Banions from 10 p.m. to midnight. Sunday, Poncho Bachelor is playing Heritage Plaza from 1 to 6 p.m. Big Something and Amber Lily are playing the Ride Lounge from 5 to 7 p.m. Big Something is also playing the Transfer Warehouse from 6 to 9 p.m. And Black Pistol Fire is at the Sheridan Opera House from 8 to 11 p.m. For more live music info, check out KOTO's live music calendar at koto.org. Colorado is ranked number two for green economy jobs. That's according to a new analysis from Promoleaf, a sustainable promotional products company. According to the analysis, Colorado is sandwiched between Alaska at number one and Washington at number three. All have green jobs at nearly 1% of the workforce. The national average is 0.6%. The top green occupations include refuse and recyclable material collectors, occupational health and safety specialists, and environmental scientists and specialists. And the report anticipates growth in green jobs, noting wind turbine service technicians and solar photovoltaic installers are expected to be in the top five fastest-growing occupations over the next decade. The states with the lowest concentration of green jobs, according to the analysis, are Arizona and South Carolina.
Several new laws went into effect last week in Colorado. As KOTO's Scott Franz reports, one is raising prices on deliveries and car rentals. Every food delivery or shipment from Amazon will come with a new 27-cent fee, and rideshares will get a 30-cent fee unless they are taken in a zero-emission vehicle. The new changes aim to raise billions for road work. Governor Jared Polis says the money will pay for an expansion of Interstate 70 in the mountains. The new revenue is also part of efforts to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. But Democrats delayed the biggest new fee, a two-cent-per-gallon charge at the gas pump, because of soaring prices. I'm Scott Franz at the State Capitol. The streams, creeks, and rivers that run from jagged mountains into Crested Buttes watersheds are iconic. At a glance, water in creeks and streams around the area is clear and pristine. But the legacy of mining tells a different story. For KBUT's Headwaters series... Stephanie Malterich reports on the continued progress being made by the area's most upstream stewards. About two decades ago, High Country Conservation Advocates, an environmental nonprofit in Crested Butte, noticed that although the streams and creeks flowing into town looked relatively healthy, they were carrying an excess of heavy metals downstream. Since then, the local nonprofit has made protecting water central to their work. Julie Nania has spent nearly a decade with the organization, advocating for clean water as the water program director. For a long time, Coal Creek ran Fanta Orange. Coal Creek, which provides drinking water for the town, was stained from mining runoff containing iron. Other metals like silver, lead, zinc, and copper also ended up in waterways. The tainted water could be traced back to the flanks of Mount Emmons, just west of town. With the passage of the Clean Water Act, we did get a mine water treatment plan up there, but we still had some of these historic water quality issues in the valley. The Keystone and Standard Mines were the two biggest culprits in polluting Coal Creek. Bringing attention to the Standard Mines' impact on water led to its designation as a Superfund site in 2005. And declaring the site an environmental disaster helped get the necessary resources to clean up the area. It also helped start a water monitoring program and a new nonprofit the Coal Creek Watershed Coalition. On a chilly April morning, staff and volunteers of the Coal Creek Watershed Coalition spread out along Kebler Pass for a water sampling day. We bring uh, a flow meter, a water quality probe. Ashley Bembenek is the executive director, and she's also a water and soil scientist who isn't afraid to slip on waders and stand in cold rivers in the name of clean water. So this is where the town's water system begins. And it's just upstream of the Keystone Mine Discharge. And that's incredibly critical to the safety of our drinking water. We carefully walk down a short and steep hill to Coal Creek, where Bembenek sets up her instruments on a level platform she carefully digs out in the snow. She's here to test for three things. First, she wades into the creek to measure stream flow. Then, she pops sensors into the water to measure things like temperature and pH levels. So today's water temperature is a frigid 0.9 degrees Celsius, so it's flowing just above freezing. Last, she tests for water quality by squirting water through small filters into squishy plastic bottles. So this is a larger filter than we've used in the past. 
And so this larger filter that's roughly the size of a soda can is, has a lot more surface area to filter on. And it She'll send these samples to a lab in Steamboat Springs to test for 30 different metals. A river's health depends on who or what uses it. Human life, irrigation, and aquatic life are all examples of users. Ben Benick says the water sampled in Coal Creek is tested for the most sensitive of users, fish and insects. So the standard to protect aquatic life is 10 times more sensitive than the standard to protect human life. So what makes the Clean Water Act so cool is that by picking the most sensitive use, we protect all of the other uses. Bambenic says while the water in Cold Creek is plenty safe for humans to drink following treatment, a few metals remain too high for fish and insects during spring and summer runoff. The organization will monitor Cold Creek four more times in 2022 to keep tabs on water quality in and around Crested Butte. Healthy water flowing from the mountains is essential for the roughly 40 million people who depend on water in the Colorado River Basin. And Julie Nania says it's an important responsibility. In terms of being a headwaters community, usually that means we, we get to start off with some of the best quality waters. There are some exceptions to that. Historic mining tends to be one of the, the issues that we face in this basin. But we also are kind of the first stewards of those water resources. Nania says high country conservation advocates will continue to use science to inform their work to make sure the Gunnison Valley gets the highest quality water the basin deserves. For KBUT's Headwater Series, I'm Stephanie Maltrich. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for mostly cloudy skies tonight with a low around 50 degrees. Friday expects sunny skies with a high in the mid-70s. Friday night should be mostly clear with a low around 50 degrees. Saturday calls for sunny skies with a high around 80 degrees and a 10% chance of showers and thunderstorms in the afternoon. Saturday night, expect partly cloudy skies with a low in the mid-50s. This has been the news for Thursday, July 7th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, personal commentaries. El Caucus Progresista de Mujeres de las Montañas de San Juan se formó en el 2015 con esta misión, elevar a las mujeres y dar forma a nuestra comunidad a través del liderazgo y participación. Este año, la reunión anual de la organización se llevará a cabo el 13 de julio a las 5.15 en el patio de la Biblioteca Pública de Wilkinson's en Telluride. Es una oportunidad para unirse a otras en apoyo de esta misión. El tema de la reunión anual de este año es luchar por derechos reproductivos, con una conversación dirigida por la residente de Telluride y defensora de los derechos reproductivos y la igualdad de género, Diana Max. Diane sirvió dos temporadas en la Junta de Planificación de la Familia, Federación de América en el 2015 a 2021, y en la Junta de Planificación de la Familia de la Ciudad de Nueva York desde el 2005. Fue presidenta de la Junta de Planificación de la Familia de Nueva York del 2019 al 2016 y actualmente es miembro emérito de la Junta de Planificación de la Familia del Gran Estado de Nueva York. Ha producido dos documentales centrados en los derechos reproductivos. La capacidad de elegir las propias circunstancias familiares es uno de los derechos más fundamentales 
básicos para la libertad humana. Con el reciente fallo de la Corte Suprema sobre Dobbs versus Jackson Centro de la Salud de, de Mujeres, las mujeres han perdido una opción de vital importancia para crear un destino que elijan para ellas mismas. La reunión anual de PwC es una oportunidad para reunirse y compartir ideas y organizarse para el cambio. El PwC se estableció en el 2015. Desde entonces, esta organización no partidista, sin fines de lucro y totalmente voluntaria, se ha establecido como la entidad principal en nuestra comunidad regional para alentar a todas las personas, pero especialmente a las mujeres y poblaciones subrepresentadas a involucrarse política y cívicamente. Con ese fin, el PwC organiza forros de candidatos electorales y fiestas del Libro Azul para discutir y aprender sobre iniciativas electorales. La organización organiza campañas de registro de votantes, brinda tutoría, facilita un club de lectura mensual, organiza minutos cuando es necesario y ofrece capacitaciones y trabaja con miembros más jóvenes de la comunidad para fomentar la participación cívica. Usted puede obtener más información sobre el PwC en el HTTPS, línea diagonal, línea diagonal, www.sanjuanprogressive.org. Aquí también puedes hacerte miembro. La membresía es gratuita y brinda acceso a actualizaciones, alertas y noticias del PwC. Y recuerde unirse a nosotros el miércoles 13 de julio a las 5.15 en el patio de la biblioteca para la marcha por los derechos reproductivos. Ahí los esperamos. Hello. Hello. Hello, Tyrone. The Progressive Women's Caucus of the San Juan Mountains was formed in 2015 with this mission, to elevate women and shape our community through leadership and participation. This year, the organization's annual meeting, which takes place on July 13th at 5.15 p.m. on the patio of the library in Telluride, is an opportunity to join with others in support of this mission. The theme for this year's annual meeting is Rally for Reproductive Rights, with a conversation facilitated by Telluride resident and longtime reproductive rights and gender equality advocate, Diane Max. Diane served two terms on the Planned Parenthood Federation of America board and on the board of Planned Parenthood of New York City. She was chair of the PPNYC board and is currently an emeritus member of the Planned Parenthood of Greater New York board. She has produced two documentary films focused on reproductive rights. The ability to choose one's own family circumstances is one of the most fundamental rights basic to human freedom. With the recent Supreme ruling on Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Center, women have lost a vitally important option in creating a destiny they choose for themselves. The PwC annual meeting is an opportunity to gather, share ideas, and organize for change. The PwC is an all-volunteer, nonprofit, nonpartisan organization, and it's established itself as a primary entity in our region-wide community for encouraging all people, but especially women and underrepresented populations, to get involved politically and civically. To that end, the PwC hosts election candidate forums and Blue Book parties to discuss and learn about ballot initiatives. The organization hosts voter registration drives, provides mentorship, facilitates a monthly book club, hosts rallies when needed, offers trainings, and works with younger community members to foster civic participation. 
You can learn more about the PWC at sanjuanprogressive.org. And remember to join us on Wednesday, July 13th at 5.15 p.m. on the Library Terrace to rally for reproductive rights. Thanks, Kodo. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you'd like to comment, please contact staff person here at Kodo. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues. 